Job 36, verse 1 to 12. Job chapter 36. I'll read from verse 1 to verse number 12. Now be careful when you're quoting from the book of Job because there are some foolish people who spoke there. But Elihu turned God on after he spoke. Job 36, 1 to 12. Elihu also proceeded and said, Bear with me a little, and I will show you that there are yet words to speak on God's behalf. How many people would like their lives to speak on God's behalf? How many would like to be witnesses of his resurrection? How many people would like others to see them and see Christ in them? Uh, Elihu said, there's something to say on behalf of God. I will fetch my knowledge from afar. I will ascribe righteousness to my maker. For truly my words are not false. One who is perfect in knowledge is with you. Behold, God is mighty. But despises no one. Is mighty in strength of understanding. He does not preserve the life of the wicked, but gives justice to the oppressed. He does not withdraw his eyes from the righteous, but they are on the throne with kings. For he has seated them forever, and they are exalted. And if they are bound in fetters held in the courts of affliction, then he tells them their walk and their transgressions, that they have acted defiantly. He also opens their ear to instruction and commands that they turn from iniquity. Read verse 11 and 12 with me. Ready? Read. If they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. And verse 12. But if they do not obey, they shall perish by the sword and shall die without knowledge. I was having a chat with a very dear friend of mine yesterday who was a bit concerned about the rate of exchange. And he said, I heard that the rate of exchange in Nigeria now, a dollar to Naira is about three something. I said, it's much more than that. It's about 340 something and it might be going to 500, but I don't give it, I don't want to say damn. <laughs> I don't really care about that. And I looked him in the face. I said, do you know what? For all my life, I've prayed only one prayer and God answered it. That I'm waiting for that day when a loaf of bread will sell for $1,000. Just one loaf of bread. I'm waiting for that day. It's coming very soon. A loaf of bread will sell for $1,000. But my prayer will not be, give me this day my daily bread. My prayer is simple. Lord, let me own the bakery. And that's not a function of greed or covetousness. It's a desire to help people like all the countries came to Joseph to buy bread. Do you understand? Let me own the bakery so that we can do what I call wealth redistribution in parity. We'll be able to take care of the poor and those who lack. And we'll be there for all who consider themselves mighty. Because they sold out in Egypt... They sold their land, they sold everything, and they went to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh said, go to Joseph. Do I have any Joseph in the house today? Uh, It's not an accident that Joseph was the 11th son. We are in the 11th hour of what history. 11 is the number of prophecy. The 11th hour people must be ready 
to provide solutions to all the problems in the world because they are coming to us for solution. And all the things that are happening in the world are for own good. That's why I was asking you what's reality. When the economy goes bad, the people of God will rise up. You don't get it. It happened to Joseph. For four, two full years, he was in prison, locked up there. And God was showing Pharaoh a dream that no magician could interpret. He has prepared Joseph. And said, so you see, all the things that are supposed to be against you are going to catapult into power. I need you to be in prison, not for solitary confinement, but solitary refinement. I need to put you in prison for two years so that by the time you come out, you will not be full of yourself, you will be full of God. I need to put you in prison because you are now a slave of Potiphar. And when I put you in prison, you become a subject of the state. When you become a criminal sentence into prison, you no longer belong to yourself. You do not belong to your former master. You now belong to the state. So that with one word, Pharaoh can bring you from prison to the palace. I don't care what you're going through this morning. And I know it's not funny. What you're going through may be so painful. You don't know the pain of lack except you heard before. If you've never heard, you don't feel any, any pain when they say rate of exchange. What's your business rate of exchange? You don't even have any rate. You don't have anything to steal. But if you had been there and suddenly you find out that you're not able to meet certain responsibilities, there'll be pain. But it's a function of how you think. Because when money leaves your hand, it does not leave the planet. It simply changes hand. If you focus on problems, brothers and sisters, you continue to have more problems. But if you focus on possibilities, you're going to have more opportunities. It's up to you what you focus on. You think dollar is stronger than Naira? I don't think so. It depends on how much dollar I need and how much Naira I have. Did you get that? No currency is stronger than the other. They are all tools, means of exchange. A dollar may be a thousand Naira, but if I have a thousand billion Naira, that won't make make any difference. I don't even feel it when you are talking about it. And if there is no naira to change to dollar in my country, there will be dollar in Ghana, in Syria, somewhere. It simply means God will open accounts for me everywhere I need it. I'm not talking about greed this morning or covetousness. I want to look at the nature of the year 2016. Every 31st of December, Christians gather in their churches for what they call the watch night service. They are not only looking for blessings for the coming year, they also want to witness the breaking of a new day. Because each year comes with its own peculiarities. Do you agree with that? Each year does. There are years that are no other year. For example, the year you marry. You can't forget that. If you do, (laughs) you'll be in trouble. Because your wife will remind you she's not a thing. She's a person. I got married 24 November 1984. Am I correct? I better not forget that date. You understand me? 
the day you have your first child, the day you graduate from school. There are years you can forget. The day Pastor Charles' father died. He can't forget it. He's written letters to me about his dad to let me know what has happened because he, he, he feels the pain. He, he does not realize that my dad in 57, he's just joining the club now. How would I feel his pain? You don't get it. I can't feel his pain. He's just joining the club. Welcome to the club. And I don't extend that to Pastor Bank. He's not going to like you for it. Uh-huh. Don't go and shake his hand and say, when are you joining the club? There are years that are no other year. 2015 was a unique year for me. I will never forget. In Yoruba language, it was a year. Odumbaku. The year I should have died. I was airborne seven times in seven days. Going across the nations. My son was going to get married here. Uh, sorry, graduate. He was going to graduate here. And I told my wife, look, my body can carry this journey. You go represent the family with the rest of the children. So I went to Abuja to attend to state duty. Then suddenly it hits me. Every graduation had been there for every child. This boy will grow up one day and say, you went to every graduation except mine. So I forced myself against my body, uh, what my body was saying to me. And I got to America, finished the graduation, could not even wait here for Sunday, turned back. By Saturday, by Friday I was back in Abuja, by Saturday I was back in Lagos, by Sunday I was preaching in church, by Monday I was given a public lecture, the economic challenges before the new government. I had to go to Abuja to discuss with the president before I would give that lecture. Fifteen minutes into the lecture, I just turned like this. Wah! In the open. And collapsed. Thank God my wife was there. Because if she was not together, in that moment, I could have lost it. But she stood up and said, Jesus! She brought Jesus on the scene. And within three minutes, I was back. I was normal. I was rolled away from that place. How can I forget the year 2015, May 18? It is impossible. Because all of a sudden, all the energy I thought I had, all the strength I thought I possessed, in split seconds, my strength failed me. I didn't know it's in the Bible that when my strength fails me, God, don't forsake me. I can't forget the year 2015. Do you understand me? It means nothing how much you have in your bank account. It does not matter how many houses you have built. When that moment comes, you are just, you are like nothing. And so some 39 I said, teach me, Lord. To know the number of my days and how frail I am. Man, as his very best, is but vapor. Three things occurred to me when I got up. Number one, the world will not wait for anybody. I was wheeled out of that place, walked into my car, sent to the hospital, did all tests, and after some 12 hours of running different tests, MRI, all tests, they found it was exertion due to dehydration. Went to England for a second opinion. They confirmed it's the same thing. Do you know what happened, sir, Pastor Bank? That day, after I slumped, they rolled me out. They finished the seminar. They called in the musician. They played music till 12 midnight, and they were dancing, and they sent me flower in the hospital. <laughs> Tell your neighbor, the world will not wait for you. 
He did not wait for JFK. He did not wait for Martin Luther King Jr. He's not going to wait for you. You better wake up and smell the coffee. Wake up. The world is not going to wait for you. Take time to enjoy, to relax, to really, truly treasure the things that are important. That's why now if I preach for two weeks, I'm on vacation for one. Don't blame me. Oh, God rested one day. Almighty God. Almighty. With all the power, all the energy, the source of all, and the fountain of all energy, had one day to rest. If one day is like a thousand years to him, my God, I need a whole week and a month to go rest somewhere. So that when I preach like a house on fire, I now know how to say, baby, let's go to Dubai. Uh, baby, let's just go to Britain. Let's rest a bit. Now, let's go to America, rest a bit. Now, this is all the work I have this week. The rest is eat, read, sleep, study. That's all. Why? Because when I collapsed, my daughter's, my second daughter, Fisayo, said on my 61st birthday, he said, happy 61st birthday, Papitos. Thank God your 68 was not your last. Say to your neighbor, the world will not wait for you. You know the number two thing I learned? Most of the terrible mistakes and blunders we've made and we are making are byproducts of what will others say. What would they say if I do not attend this conference? What, my body told me that day not to go anywhere. I canceled all appointments. But these are investors from Russia, from everywhere, about 50 of them looking for opportunities in Nigeria and wanting someone to tell them Nigeria's situation is not hopeless. Uh, you can invest. They didn't even pay my hospital bill. <laughs> I paid my hospital bill myself. Uh, you know, I could sue them. I could say something happened to me in their environment, but who has the time? It would take 50 years for the, for the judgment to, to, to come into manifestation of be long dead. Look, what is not important to you or what is important to others should not become so important to you as to slave yourself. Based on the fourth, the truth sentences, spend quality time with those who really mourn you. In case you go, those who really care. You understand me? That's why now I'm devoting a lot of attention like never before to my household. Because they would have felt the pain the more. Your best friends will come, but they can't be there forever. Your extended family will come, but they can't be there forever. Your wife, your children, those who will feel the impact of your absence, you better learn to spend quality time with them the more. The year 2015, I will not forget. I learned new lessons that I should have learned a long time ago. But one public display brought me back to my senses. I dedicated six messages to that one event alone. It's called, But for God. Uh, but for God, part one to six. Uh, when pastor announced that next Sunday is labeled or named success, I was just laughing. Because before I left Lagos, all that we are going to spend the last weekend of February on is God's perspective of success. Pastor Van Gogh showed me a vision. I shared it with the church last Sunday. In the vision, I saw several ladders, and I saw energetic men and women climbing the ladders. And each of them was making it to the top. 
As soon as they got to the top, they became extremely miserable. And God said, watch. He said, Lord, why are they miserable? They were full of energy, climbing these ladders and getting to the top. When you get to the top, that's a time for celebration. But they are all miserable. And I asked the Lord, why are they miserable? He said, they are ladders who are leaning against wrong walls. And so you get, I hope you can Google Steve Jobs and read what he said in his last days while he was dying. So that we can learn what God's definition of true success is. But my message this morning is about 2016. Isaiah the prophet helps us to understand that certain personalities and what happened to such people can define a year. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Time will not permit me to ask you to go deep into that message, but you can read 2 Chronicles chapter 26 from verse 1 to 5 and 16 to 19 and see there what happened to Uzziah. Amen. That God blessed so much that was so successful. But he became arrogant and he died a leper and his presence began to hide more or less the glory of God from manifestation. Because it should manifest through kings and through priests. But in the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah began to see the Lord. I thought it was the only year that could be described by a personality until I studied further and I stumbled on Isaiah 14. There was another king by the name of Ahaz. And Isaiah wrote again, in the year that King Ahaz died, uh, you know, we know everybody knows about Isaiah, but we did not know about Ahaz. We need to read that together because I want to share what to expect in the year 2016 with you. Isaiah 14. Isaiah 14, verse number 28. Isaiah 14, verse 28. This is the burden which came when? In the year that King Ahaz died. He said, do not rejoice, all you of Philistia, because the road that struck you is broken. For out of the serpent's roots will come forth a viper, and his offspring will be a fiery flying serpent. Now verse 30. In the year that that king has died, he said, the firstborn of the poor will feed. <laughs> the needy will lie down in safety. I will kill your roots with famine and he will slay your remnant. Now, why would God show us a king who lived so well that people were impoverished under him? So in the year that that king died, even the firstborn of the poor will begin to feed well. I'm going somewhere because in 2016, God is shaking the shakables so that you can come to your place. Do you understand me? He's shaking all the shakables so that you can enter into rest and come to your own place. He's removing all the removables. Can I hear amen? In America, we can see the year 2016. The year Donald Trump contested for presidential election and broke all the rules of engagement because he has mastered the rules. Do you understand me? Can you even far away in Nigeria, everybody's looking for the next interview and what would Donald Trump say? He suddenly became a world-class celebrity. I tell you one thing, even if he does not win the election, is going to make a lot of money from advertisement. You just don't realize that the man is not a fool. He's smarter than you think. 
I, 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 I like it when he pointed to people and said, you see these guys have given all of them money? Because I'm buying favor. So when you vote for them, they will serve those of us who have paid them. But I'm spending my own money, vote for me. He has defeated them without getting to the polls. <laughs> Suddenly he, became, he had become the yardstick and the standard. And you wonder, why is there such a dead silence from the church? The people that should be standard bearers, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill that, that cannot be hidden. It's, it's so funny that he got to a church and he said, two Corinthians. <laughs> you, you, you understand me? It's so funny. He said, to show you that he also knows the Bible, he said, two Corinthians. Before he closes, he will say three Corinthians and four Corinthians and five Corinthians. <laughs> I'm going somewhere, brothers and sisters. It takes understanding the nature of a year to be able to plug into the things that God wants to do in that year and to be master of the game in spite of the challenges that that year will bring. Every year has its own peculiarities. I want to ask you a question. Why spend some time on the 31st of December when you have no heart to follow the things that you'll be told. Why present to God to see the breaking of a new day, a new year, a new dawn, when you're not going to benefit or prosper by the things that are taught in the very, very early stages of that year? Mm. Genesis chapter 18, let's glean from Father Abraham. Genesis chapter 18, beginning from verse 1. Please pay attention. I told Pastor Sharon, because we were talking there, I said, what you just said, now we'll get into the message. I use my friends, my wife, everybody to preach. And when I said, I'm going to Nigeria, I'm talking about bishop. When I said about rent of exchange, I was talking about pastor. Now it's going to be you next. <laughs> Genesis 15, then the Lord appeared to him by the terrible trees of Mamre as he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. Continue, sir. So he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass by your servant. Do not pass on by. Tell your neighbor, God will not pass me by today. I will not let this moment pass without me gleaning everything that God would like me to have. God will not pass me by today. Next verse, sir. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a muzzle of bread that you may refresh your heart. After that, you may pass by. Inasmuch as you have come to your servant, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make eggs. Now remember, remember, I will continue reading. Remember, they were not expecting these visitors. That's good. That's good point. There was no advance notice. Because I thought it's just African culture. Then I found it, it's God culture. Because you see, in Africa, your brother does not tell you he's coming. He just shows up. And home is where you cannot turn anyone back. You can say, why didn't you call before showing? 
You didn't even write a letter. You didn't even let us know you are coming. They didn't give Abram any advance notice, not Sarah. And Abram immediately got up and instructed, you must command your household. In 2016, you must carry command. Do you understand? I'm not saying oppress. I say you must carry command. Turn to his wife and say, you do this quickly and do that quickly and do that quickly. And so, yes, sir. And he ran also to go get some things ready and set the table. And as they were eating, he was merely looking. All the food they cooked was not for them. I'm not a theologian, so my theology may not be very good. But I read later that Abraham and Sarah entertained angels unawares. I didn't know whether it was Father God, because three men showed up. It's the Father, the Son, and the Holy. I didn't know. He said, angels, so I'll stay there. But hear me. Angels ate man's food. It was a deposit for the generation that will find themselves in the wilderness that will be fed with angels' food. That if there is nothing on planet Earth at all to sustain over 600,000 people, 6 million in estimates, including women and children, Abraham had already paid a deposit that heaven cannot deny. Because he didn't even eat out of the food. His wife did not eat out of the food. They cooked and prepared for it. And they ate and enjoyed it. And when they finished eating, they cleared their throat. <clears throat> where is Sarah? That's where I'm going. Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good cow. Not a bad one. Gave it to a young man and he hastened to prepare it. So he took buttermilk and the calf which he had prepared and set it before them and he stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? <laughs> he said, here in the tent. I pray when they ask you where is your wife, you know, say, I don't know where she has gone. I pray when they ask where is your husband, they say, well, it's a walkabout. I don't know where it's gone. I was trained by my mother that if I would tell her at home I was going to Pastor Bank and I go to Pastor Bank's house and the story changes that I will have to go to Pastor David, I must find a way of calling or go back home to tell her that, Mom, I'm going beyond Pastor. I can't say something happened and I quickly went there and I said, why, Mama, would I have to come back home? He said, so that my heart will be at peace. If they say there's an accident in a place, if it's not where you have gone, I will not be looking for you. That's right. Well, where is Sarah? It's in the tent. And hear him. He said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold... Sarah, your wife, shall have a son. Do, do, do you understand this? Uh, God is not going to eat your food free of charge. He's not asking you to get a, set a table before him because he's hungry. He said, if I were hungry, I would not tell you. All the cattle and a thousand hills are mine. That I ask you to prepare a meal for me because I have something to offer you. And please remember, God did not demand for food. 
Abraham intuitively knew that was the right thing to do when you receive people into your house. Generosity is a condition of the heart, not what you have or what you don't have. In his heart, he was a generous man and he set a lavish table before the host of heaven. And he didn't even do it with any conditions. But he said, where is Sarah? And listen to it. I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. What does that mean, ma'am? What does that mean, sir? I'm aware that you are now in menopause. But with God, menopause is not menopause. It's pause. Somebody say pause. And pause is not final stop. It's somebody putting a pause. There should be a continuum. It's just a matter of pressing the pause and you keep on. I'm returning to you according to the time of life. Congratulations, just heard you had a baby. Big congratulations. Oh, all things work together. Every message I need is raw material here to demonstrate it. Do you understand me? It does not matter what the doctors say. God has a final say. It's a different matter if you are no longer interested. It's a different matter if you don't want children anymore. But don't say it's over. No, not with God. Because he's the only one who changes the calendar in the midst of the year. Do you know when God announces Happy New Year in Exodus 12? April. It was April 1. That's why the world calls it April Fool. He said, this shall be the beginning of months for you. Change the calendar in the middle of the year. And so this is April. This is the first day of the year. You can change circumstances and situation all around. And Sarah, you can read the rest. Sarah laughed. This man don't eat. After eating, his mouth is now driving rough. Does he know my situation? After I've passed the age of bearing children, he did not listen to the message that I will return to you according to the time of life. What you used to do before that you don't have now, I'm restoring it. Now that my husband is also so old, can he still have pleasure? I, I, I hope you don't call me vulgar because they've been living together for a while. He knew when Abraham was active and he knew when the engine knocked. Because the Bible later tells me that Abraham did not consider his body now dead. A dead body means no more action, man. I'm trying to define the year 2016 to you. That regardless of rate of exchange, regardless of what is happening in the world, Abraham heard what they said to him. Sarah laughed, and Sarah lied. She didn't laugh. It's our humanity. God overlooked it. He was transacting this business. Uh, if one of them gets it, the other, we get it. And eventually, the Bible says in Proverbs, in, in Romans chapter number 8, it's a scripture you need to read and to meditate. Romans chapter 4, from verse 13 to 25. The Bible listed at least five or six things there. Number one, it did not waver the promise of God through unbelief. 
For that to happen, God had to change his name. Until you change the way you think, your life will not change. For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Do you know, sir, do you know, ma, as troublesome, as, as petrifying, as, 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 as unsafe as Nigeria is, is the only place I drive at night, I go do whatever I want to do, and I feel at peace. When I'm walking here, I'm doing like this. Because I don't feel safe here. I don't think you get it. I'd never gone to ATM machine in America. The day I heard someone was trying to withdraw money and they stabbed him, that's the end for me. Do you understand me? <clears throat> but at home, in that environment of turmoil, there's so much peace. Why? He said, return to Nigeria. That's your primary place of assignment. Pray, preach, prophesy until revival comes. So because the word of God is upon my life, in that nation, I have a shield that the enemy cannot penetrate. It did not waver the promise of God through unbelief. Number two, it was strengthening faith by giving glory to God. Romans chapter, it was strengthening faith. He was giving glory to God for what is yet to manifest, and God was strengthening his faith. And God said, because you do that, I'm crediting your account with righteousness. Can you give thanks to God for what is yet to happen? Okay. And it was not counted to him for right as righteousness, not to him alone, but to us. It's been imputed because Christ died for us. Read Romans 4 and find it. It's been imputed to us. That is what Abraham heard against all things that look impossible, we can have today, regardless of circumstances and situations. Do you understand me? I don't even give a thought to my knees because I'm not, I'm not a mammon worshiper. I didn't give a thought to my knees. I don't. Every church I'd been, I said, Are there mammon worshippers? They said, None. I said, Do you worry about money? They said, Yes, you're a mammon worshiper. Take no thought. That's what he says. How shall we eat? How shall we pay our bills? This funeral, how will he go? Lord, this is not the right time for my father to die. Wake him. <laughs> when is the right time? Any time that God brings a situation to your life is the right time. Because he has checked everything out waiting for you to just say, yes, Lord. I just proposed to Mrs. B several years ago, and then one day in the office, it was like she was fainting. I was rushed to the hospital. And they ran tests, and they gave me the biggest news that I should give to a young man who is about to marry a young lady. They said, everything in her, the womb and the tube, everything is blocked. She can never have a child, except we break her open and remove these things. She told me, and she was expecting me to flee. I said, let's go home. Let's go home. 
I serve a God of all impossibilities. It turns impossibilities, it makes them possible. Let's go home. We didn't do anything. I waited patiently until the wedding day. Are you with me? I said, this is the day the Lord has made. I will, re- I will rejoice and be glad in it. The first child carried away everything that was blocking the womb. Clear the road for the second. Clear the road for the third. Clear the road for the fourth. Until the fifth showed up. And after five children, the doctors are saying, there's still something there to take. I said, it's up to you now. <laughs> but I've proved you wrong. If the spirit of him that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in your mortal bodies by the same spirit, it will quicken and give life back to your mortal bodies. That's what I read in the book. I hope you believe that. The year 2016, quickly. And listen to it as I described as God showed it to me. Because I want to share some principles with you. Principles to live by in 2016 and beyond. Regardless of what's happening in the world. The nature of the year 2016. It's a year of global upheavals. It's a year. This is not new. I already announced this on the first day of January 2016 at the Lateran Assembly. It's a year of global upheavals characterized by extreme uncertainties. Are you listening? You think stock market crashed before? (laughs) Characterized by extreme uncertainties, intense political suspense, accelerated global terror, and mounting economic pressure due to dwindling resources that would drive nations to the precipice and activate the rage of the poor. I didn't get that from a textbook. I was waiting on the Lord when he was giving me the nature of 2016. It's going to be a year. We have not finished the service. Bam! Trouble began between Iran and Saudi. Before you could say Jack Robinson, Turkey exploded. In the backside of our own nation, they were killing and roasting people alive. Trouble everywhere. Naira began to cascade. And, and our governor of Central Bank made 21 policies within a few months, reversed 18 out of them. Does that show they know what they're doing? But you can see all that and say, Whoa, God, we are in trouble. No, God is making a way for you. Is shaking the shakeables. In the midst of this turmoil and upheavals and dwindling resources that are, will activate the rage of the poor, if you don't understand what that means, let me share two, two stories with you. True stories. A senator in Nigeria went to the bank, Pastor Bank, he withdrew 8 million naira, put in a sack, and his driver of 20 years was driving him home. He stopped on the way. To greet up people, this driver that he had trusted took part of the money. The man entered his car and said, wait a minute, this bag has gone down. Did you take anything here? He said, what are you saying? He said, did you take money here? He drove a little while, came down out of the car, drew a gun. He said, get down from this car. The man panicked and got down. The driver drove the car away, took all the eight million. He said, I took a little out of it, you were complaining. 
I've taken it on. I park your car in social place and I put your key in social place. Go take care of your car. I'm gone. Let him go call the police. There are some matters you don't call police. You call the church. You remember Ahab? Two women came to him. Oh, king, we ate my son last night. Is his son, a son's turn, and he's hide, she's hiding her son. The king did not call police. Throw his garment. He said, where is Elijah? God is making a way for the church. Something is about to break forth out of Zion. I'm so excited. I'm alive today. He spared my life to see this moment. Do you understand this? In the midst of this upheaval, there will be only one place to dwell safely. It's called the secret place of the Most High. The secret place of the Most High pastor is upon a rock. God hid that place. That's why it's a secret place. It's upon a rock. Psalm 27, help me please. Psalm 27, verses 5 and 6. Psalm 27, verses 5 and 6. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me where? In his pavilion, in the secret place of his, his tabernacle, he shall hide me, he shall set me high upon a rock. Do you, he shall set me high where? Upon, whatever is happening in the valley does not affect those who are on top of the rock. Do you understand me? He brought me out of the miry clay. He set my feet upon the rock to stay. He put a new song in my mouth to sing. You understand me? That's where I live. Abacock captured the season we are in. In Abacock chapter 3 verse 17, he captured the year 2016 and beyond. If you are going to spend your years in prosperity, your days or your years in pleasure, your days in prosperity. Listen to this. Abacock 3.17, thank you. Technology, thank you. Though the fig tree may not blossom. Now it's natural for fig trees to blossom. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines. Though the labor of the olive may fail, the fields yield no food. Though the flood may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stall. Money is rolling out, nothing is rolling in. Yet, I will do what Abraham did. I will glorify God in the midst of lack. I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. And what's going to happen? The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk aware. It didn't say high heel shoes, don't fall down. Uh -huh. It's not high heel shoes, it's not six inches high. No, it will make me to walk upon those high places to the chief musician with my stringed instruments. It's time to sing. When that is happening, if you truly believe this God, that's the time to take your tempering in the dead of the night to begin to sing praise. They say, what is wrong? He said, I'm a success about to happen. I'm going somewhere. I'm manifesting right now. The circumstances are lining up. All things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord. And who are they called? According to his purpose. David, the king of Israel, operated in this realm. 
He operated in that realm. You knew he left home with nothing. With 400 rock tax soldiers that became 600. They were poor. They were discontent. They were distressed. They had nothing. He became a captain over them. David knew how to locate himself and to operate in this realm. And I'm taking you to that realm this morning. You will get there simply. Walk for an I say you are going there. In the name of Jesus. Kings will become your nursing fathers. Queens will become your nursing mothers. Psalm 18 verse 31. Psalm number 18 verse 31. The Lord God is my strength. It will make my feet. Okay, let me start from verse 31. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. It makes my feet like the feet of deer and sets me on my high place. That's why I say it's not high heel shoes. Next verse. It teaches my hands to make war so that my hands can bend a bow of brass. That's not the strength of man. That's the strength of Jehovah. That was where he was operating. Moses, the deliverer of Israel, located that rock and operated there. Deuteronomy 32 verse 9. I'm going somewhere. I'm going somewhere. I'm excited, Pastor Bank. I'm dancing. I'm rejoicing. You know, I'd never come to this church to ask for anything. I'm coming to ask this time. Because you have so much. You didn't hear me. It's called return on investment. I'm coming to my, my friend. You remember when we were poor was when we knew each other. Now that you're rich, remember me for good, okay? Because things are going to roll in. I know how, how with almost a broken heart, you are sharing with me this left, that left. You will find out why this morning. Oh, because it's needful for them to go. And guess what? They're coming back. <laughs> you don't believe this story? Don't put this one in uh, what's the bank? Uh, bank of America. I've forgotten my bank that kept on ch- First Union. It changed to 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 Wachovia. Before I could say uh, before I could say Wachovia, they say West Fargo. I bank with First Union. They didn't ask for my permission. They say I'm now Wachovia. Without my permission, they say I'm now West Fargo. I don't know who dug the wells, but I'm going to dig. The, I'm going to get substance out of the. Do you understand me? I'm going somewhere, and I want to be specific. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 9. For the Lord's portion is what? You don't get it. The Lord's portion is what? I can't hear you. Now you read in Psalm 16, the Lord is a portion of my inheritance. And God is now saying, his own portion is his people. So he can't leave you dry. He can't leave you empty. He can't leave you without. Do you understand me? For the lost person is his people. Jacob is a place of his inheritance. Give me verse 13. Because of that, verse number 13. He made him right where? In the highs of the earth. 
that he might eat the produce of the fields. He made him draw honey from where? Now, you don't need to use an axe to get to that. Because you won't get nothing. You just have to speak to that rock. There's honey in that rock. He made him draw honey from the rock and oil from the flinty rock. Keep on reading and you see all things that are in that. Curds from the cattle, milk of the flock, with fat of lambs and rams of the breed of Bashan, and goats with the choicest wheat. And you drank wine, the blood of the grapes. Uh, do you understand it? Upon that rock are things you can't even imagine. Already sat there waiting for you because you are God's portion. You are God's, somebody say, I'm God's portion. I'm God's inheritance. He has invested in my life. He's expecting return on investment. It is in line with this that often your new address this morning, early in the morning about 4 o'clock, I sent a text to, to Kunle. I said, Kunle, a friend of mine from school will want to be in church with me this morning and, and can you give me the street address so that I have something to send? I know he will ask. As soon as I woke up, my phone rang. He called. Where is the address of the church? Now, we saw ourselves last in the year 1980. Wow. Until a week, or two, a week or two when he showed up in Nigeria. When the University of Lagos together. From 1980, April, he traveled. Was it 81? That you traveled and came here. Mr. Shinyabade, we welcome you to World Fund. And they, you understand me? Welcome. Welcome. May your address change in the spirit. This is your location in the natural. There's a new location in the spirit. Give me Ezekiel chapter number 34. That's your new address in the spirit. Ezekiel 34, Pastor Bank, please open your ears. You have the spirit discernment and all the tools. I know you are equipped for this. Hear all this that's coming. Ezekiel 34, verse number 11. For thou says the Lord God, Indeed I myself will search for my sheep and seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock on the days among his scattered sheep. So will I seek out my sheep and deliver them from all the places where they were scattered on a cloudy and dark day. It's not time for blame game. No, we didn't do it at Lateran. You won't do it here. It's not time for... He said, he said, he did. This is why... I, no, it's a dark and cloudy day. They were confused. The ones whose loyalties were unquestionable before found reasons to begin to retrace their souls. We are going. There's a reason for it. Let's read for that. And I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and we bring them to their own land. I will fill them where? On the mountains of Israel, in the valleys and in the habitable places of the country, everywhere. But see where your location is. I will feed them in the good pasture and their fall shall be where? On the high mountains of Israel, there they shall lie down in a good fold and feed in rich pastures on the mountains. I will feed my flock and I will make them lie down, says the Lord. 
Look, if you have not pastored a church before, you don't know how a person's heart aches when suddenly people you rely upon at a time of a dark and cloudy day decide to just say, bye for now. And walk away. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. You will not understand the pain, the anguish, because you have done your best. You've poured yourself out into them. And for whatever reason, they just walk away. And you will think that's the end of the game. Now God changes location. He takes you to a high mountain and he begins to feed the pasture under your care on that mountain. And whenever they step out of that mountain, because you're stepping out, it's not a place you are going to dwell permanently. You refuel there and you step out and they say, wait a minute, what's happening? Oh, we changed location. You're no longer in your building. No, we are in the high pasture, high mountains of Israel. We are fed. This is the result of, of the things we are being fed with on those high mountains. See, my life has changed. Are you sure? Would they receive me again? Oh, the prodigal will return. <laughs> Dr. Samra taught me something I will never forget. He said, when people leave you, let them go. And when they return, treat them like they never left. You know why? It doesn't matter the pain. God has a way of separating, of separating, of separating. So he can, can do a work in a few that will become the trophy of his glory. And when they see that, they beckon to their fellows and say, come over here. God has done us good. We are now feeding on the rich pasture. Mountain top. Ah. It was for this reason, by the auspices of the Holy Spirit, that the Lateran Assembly we call the year 2016 higher grounds and greater heights. Not because we are climbing mountains, but because it's taking us to a place we have never been before. We are attempting great things for God as we are expecting great things from God. Tell your neighbor, expect great things from God. Attempt great things for God. What are the two things I want to leave you with today, pastor, congregation, everyone? I appeal to you by the mercies of God, everyone under the sound of my voice, before the service is over today, and when it's over, when you get home, ask God for the mountain he has appointed for you. I'm not talking about changing churches. Because Babylon is sitting upon all the mountains that is influencing culture. And you have a part in that mountain. You have a person in that mountain. There is no part of the church that is not located on Mount Zion. Children are located there. Uh, uh, I say, ask God for your own what? Appointed mountain. Pastor, it was after Isaac was born that God took Abraham. I said, take Isaac now. I'm showing you a pointed mountain. It's on the mountains of Moriah. It's a three days journey. And I will show you one of the mountains that is yours. Upon there, you're going to sacrifice your son Isaac to me. And he obeyed God, but God restrained him from sacrificing. He said, I take it as done. I see your heart. You are ready to sacrifice him. There's nothing you are keeping away from me. And now from this day, Abraham, by myself, I'm swearing. By myself, I've asked one. I look on earth, there's no one greater than I. I look in heaven, there's no one greater than I. I look under the earth, there's no one greater than I. And men, when they swear, I know they swear by one greater. Since there's no one greater, by myself, 
have I sown? In blessing, I will surely bless you. In multiplying, I will surely multiply you. And now your seed shall possess the gates of their enemy. And Abraham looked at the place and he called the place Jehovah Jireh. You think it's the name of God? No. It came by revelation to him that this mountain is not just mine. This is where obedience commands heavenly resources. This is where needs are met before you, before they ever, before you ask, before the needs will ever arise. You know, you know, in church we have been wrongly taught that your seed is in your need, your need is in your seed. Hello, church. We have been wrongly that your need is in your seed. So if you have a need, so the seed, your need is not in your seed. Both the seed and the need are supplied by God. Absolutely. Your need is in God. Because he gives seed to the soul. And when you sow that seed and he supplies your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Everything between the seed and the need. Your obedience in between attracts resources to you. Please, today before you go, ask the Lord for your own appointed mountain. I know my own mountain. I operate upon my mountain. I operate there freely without any care or concern. Do you understand? You must know your mountain. If you don't know your mountain, you'll be asking others for help. But when you are the king of the mountain, when it takes you, you become a, 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 a champion upon that mountain because God has placed you there, you discover that it's not difficult to operate at all. Let's go to the apostolic mandate that we receive. Give me Matthew 28. Let's begin to read from verse 11. I won't have time to show you beyond this. At least in two places. He told them, you go and wait for me in Galilee. It showed them the mountain before this day. In Matthew 28, verse, give me 16. 16, thank you. Then the 11 disciples went away where? Went away into Galilee to the mountain, not to a mountain. Uh, I can't ask you where is the thing if there was no previous discussion. Uh, if 10 people are there, where is the thing? 50 people there will not know, but you know the thing because there's a previous discussion. Then the 11 disciples went away to Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. Look at the condition of their hearts on that mountain. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Next verse. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Your doubt, your unbelief cannot change it. And in spite of your state of mind, I'm sending you to all the world. This is where the apostolic authority flows from. Do you understand me? Your doubt cannot stop it. Your unbelief cannot change it. Nations cannot, cannot come against it. Circumstances cannot erode it. But it begins to flow when you locate your appointed mountain. It's from there you gather strength to go into all the nations of the earth, teaching them to observe everything that he has taught you. Discipling nations. You must locate the mountain. But guess what? This is the beauty of this message. Your mountain is available, but spiritual wickedness in high places 
are keeping others to occupy your mountain. I've come today to announce to you that you are going to receive grace and the strength of Jehovah to kick them out of your mountain. Listen to me well. I say you're about to kick them out of that mountain. Let me give you this picture and I close. This is my last scripture for today. Thank you for having me. Luke chapter 8, verse 26. Luke 8, 26. Your appointed mountain is occupied by others. And that's why you are living from hand to mouth, doing your best, struggling. But today you are going to locate that mountain. It's going to open your eyes to see it. And once you're upon that rock, nothing, financial pressure cannot come near you at all. Your faith in God will attract all the things you need to you. Human resources, material resources, spiritual resources, they will flow towards you. They will come to you because you have located your mountain. Then they sail to the country of the Gadarenes, which is opposite Galilee. Are you ready to pray? Okay, follow me in the reading. And when he stepped out on the land, there met him a certain man from the city who had what? Demons. For how long? A long time. And he wore no clothes. This is a naked, mad person. <laughs> now, did he live in a house, but in the tombs? He's always dealing with past issues that are dead. When he saw Jesus, he cried out. He fell down before him and with a loud voice said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? I beg you, do not torment me. For he had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. What did Jesus say to the unclean spirit? He commanded. That's what we are going to do today. Just let's wait, wait, wait before you begin to command. For it had often seized him and he was kept under guard, bound with chains and shackles, and he broke the bonds and was driven by the demon into the wilderness. Jesus asked him, saying, what's your name? And he said, Legion, because many demons had entered him. And they begged him that he would not command them to go into the abyss. He could do that. They were not ready to go yet. <laughs> Now, what? A herd of many swine was feeding there where? Those are the occupants of your mountain. On the mountain. The herd of swine are in there. People who should not have access to resources have come at them. And they are dangling the carrot before you as if you have to bow before them. But let Jesus cast out one gathering demonia, cast out one devil, and see what will happen. So they begged him that he would permit them to enter them. And he permitted them. See what happened. Then the demons went out of the man and entered swine. And they heard them violently down the steep into the lake and drowned. When those who fed them saw what had happened, they fled and told it in the city and in the country. Then they went out to see what had happened and came to Jesus. And found the man from whom the demons had departed sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and his right mind, and they were afraid. They also, they also who had seen it told them by what means he who had been demon possessed was healed. Then the whole multitude of the surrounding region, not just that place alone, the surrounding region of the gatherings, asked him to depart from them, for they were seized with great fear, and he got into the boat and returned. Now the man from whom the demons had departed begged him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away saying, Return to your house. Tell what great things God has done for you. And he went his way and proclaimed throughout the whole city what great things Jesus had done for him. Another chapter and verses, 
He went to the Decapolis, 10 cities to proclaim. Now, imagine your mountain being the one occupied by swines. And Jesus came and said the cat is free and cleared the mountain. And then the man for whom the mountain had been cleared now wants to follow Jesus and leave the mountain empty again. He said, no, you are going back. You are staying. You are going to occupy that mountain so that nobody will have your mountain anymore. In the name of Jesus, rise up on your feet. 2016, every mountain God has assigned for you, command the pigs to begin to get out of them. Everyone who has taken what belongs to you, in Jesus' mighty name, begin to tell the pigs on the mountain, it's time for me to possess my possession. In the name of Jesus Christ, wealth and family, the mountains of your provision, the mountains of your possession, in the year 2016, the strength of Jehovah is coming upon you to possess your mountains, to drive out every peak. Whatever ancient devils are dropped you off, the restorer is restoring today. The devourer had done his worst in your life, but he has chased you into the hands of the restorer. He pushed you till you got into the hands of the restorer. He's restoring whatsoever has been taken away from you. Your mountain is now free. Go occupy your mountain. Lord, open our eyes to see the mountain you have appointed for us. In 2016, above every cloud of storm and trouble, we are rising higher. The year 2016, higher ground, greater heights. Nothing is going to limit or hinder us. We are going up to the high places. We are bringing worship to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Hear, Lord, your servants today and show every man, every woman, every boy, every girl is or are appointed mountain. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name.